Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Stacking the Box. Myself, Ian McMillan, Sterling Holmes. Uh, we're going to recap week seven. We are getting somewhat close to the halfway part of the NFL season, Sterling. Time flies. Yeah, time does fly. I'm sure how your time was flying during your round at Beth Page Black. Uh, looked like more probably like a five-hour, six-hour round with the score you threw up there. Probably looking for a lot of lost balls. How was that, pal? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I golfed Beth Page Black yesterday. Uh, and for those of you who aren't golfers, it's arguably the one of the toughest courses uh, in the United States. Uh, and I did not play well because I hadn't golfed for the past month and a half. Uh, and I did not golf well whatsoever. One of the worst rounds I played over the past couple of years. Um, and it did. It took me five and a half hours to play. Oh. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an, uh, an event so like we had the course rented out and it was packed anyways so like we were waiting on a lot of tee boxes but it was a five and a half hour long round uh walked the whole thing i'm sore today and i shot a 112 mm. which was tough two tens on the scorecard yeah from the tip but i'm a man of honor i count every single stroke yeah i'm I don't with you from the tips no, definitely not from the tips oh wow okay i was gonna give you some props there uh <laughs> ian yeah. All I got to say is when you come to KC so I can uh, win some money off you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, we're going to have to figure that out uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of football to talk about, Sterling. But before we get into that, uh, as always, uh, football fans, guess what? DraftKings is running a new promotion. You don't want to miss this. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is use the code STB when you sign up. Using our code STB not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code STB to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode uh, description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify code STB. TB. Speaking of betting, Sterling, obviously at the end of the show, we're going to get into our picks, uh, but you had a hot week, three and one on the show. Yeah, starting to feel pretty good. Heating up over here. I had to. I couldn't have gone any worse. <laughs> uh, and I had a losing week last week, so how about that? Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Let's start the show off, Sterling, as we always do, with biggest winners and losers from week seven. Why don't you start us off? Who's your biggest winner from this past week? The Ravens. The Ravens yes. looked incredible. 38-6 victory over the Lions. Yeah, the Lions didn't play great, but come on now. The Lions, let's not overreact here after a one-game sample size. I like to take in totality the full season so far. That was their first bad game for the Lions. They're still a good team, and the Ravens just demolished them. Offense, defense, special teams. It wasn't a case of, especially in the first half, of uh, forcing turnovers. It was just a, we are going to drive 75 yards and score, and you are going to go three and out. We are going to stuff you. And they did. It was a phenomenal, all-around great performance by the Ravens. I've been saying for a little bit now, they look like a sleeping giant. I caught some slack from that saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. This is what I was talking about. With Todd Munkin's offense, it is different. It's more explosive. Lamar Jackson is a better thrower of the football than people give him credit for. He has a lot of weapons right now. The Ravens, this is what I expected them to look like. They're clicking. This is a very dangerous team. 
Yeah, I think we both talked about it last week. The the defense for the Ravens had already been dominant throughout the entire season. The offense uh, looked solid, but not great. And we both said once they start to get the ball rolling on offense, they're going to be a scary team. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, I'm a yards per play guy. Uh, the yards per play in this game is mind-blowing. Ravens averaged 9.1 yards per play to the Lions 4.7. Uh, crazy. Almost a, third. Four, a 4.4 yards per play difference between the two teams. That's unbelievable. Uh, definitely the most dominant win of week seven. So, yeah, I agree. They're probably the biggest winner. My biggest winner is the Eagles uh, because coming on, uh, off uh, that bad loss against the Jets, taking on a very good offense uh, and a very good overall team in the Miami Dolphins and they took care of business. And not only did they take care of business and kind of won the game handedly, but they did it without running the football because the Dolphins actually did a great job of stopping the Eagles run. I think that uh, was probably their game plan to force uh, the Eagles to beat them through the air. And the Eagles said, okay, we'll beat you through the air. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. So their defense came live. It's probably one of the best uh, performances by their defense of the year. Uh, their offense was unbelievable through the air after losing to the Jets and people started asking some questions about this team. They are now all of a sudden looking like potentially the best team in the NFC. So uh, I will say the Eagles are my biggest winner of the week. Yeah, for my biggest loser, I have two. Anyone who tries to do the brotherly shove or the tush push besides the Eagles, yeah. like, yeah. let me stop this. The Eagles have it figured out. I get people wanting to ban it. Uh, I might be slightly in that camp. But also, it's Ooh. like, they're the only team that can do it. They're the only team that it actually works. Everyone else looks like they've never practiced it before in their life, and they think it's just this easy thing, yet yeah, helps when your quarterback, what's it, squats 600 pounds, when the yes. offensive line is built for that. The Eagles, uh, you know, any other team that tries to do that, that's the biggest loser. But also, people who took the over on Bijan Robinson. I feel bad for you guys. You know, Stop the under is always an option. Uh, but it was still a little confusing that we heard nothing, especially in regards to him being sick Saturday. Then Sunday, he gets one snap, and it's very late. It's in uh, garbage time to begin with. A little interesting there. Now, I don't think there's any collusion. Coaches care more about winning than they care about your bets. Let's be real now. Same time, I do feel for folks who had an anytime touchdown uh, on B. John Robinson. Not ideal. Yes, I I muted myself. I'm okay. Yeah, uh, I will say, say though, your biggest loser is is <laughs> your your mute button. I muted myself to cough, and then I forgot to unmute myself. Um, our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, and if you don't have an account, go sign up using code STB. Uh, actually, refunded people uh, who bet on Bijan Robinson prop bets. So good for them. Now, I will say though, sure, that's fine, but also um, there are people who bet the under on Bijan Robinson too. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of sports books refunding bets. Obviously it's nice it, it, if you did bet the over, but in this scenario, maybe it is a good thing because yeah, I don't know if, and I'm have to kind of talk against my Falcons here, but I don't know if they followed the whole injury protocol thing. And I, the NFL is rightfully investigating why they didn't have Bijan Robinson on the injury report. If the NFL is going to be in bed with betting and the betting world, they need to crack down on teams who don't have accurate injury report so i think the nfl is rightfully investigating that now Bijan robinson did carry the ball once with uh i think it was like 30 seconds left in the game or like late 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 in the game and that might have been just to kind of bypass those because the falcons can say hey we did play him he did touch the ball once but 
Uh, yeah, not a great look for the Falcons. If he did have a migraine, if he, if it's true that he wasn't feeling well, uh, that should have been made public information uh, before the game started. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, my biggest loser is the referees. Am I? Maybe we just say this every single year, which is definitely possible. But is this the worst year for referees since the lockout year for the refs? Because they have been terrible year in and year out. I thought this past week was especially bad. Um, the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football had 10 penalties. The Eagles had zero. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. Uh, the biggest blunder of the week was the Steelers against the Rams. Maybe this isn't just refereeing in, in, in total. Maybe we also need to look at how we spot the football and we don't just leave it up to the eye test by one random referee to see where he places the ball. Because the Steelers, late in the game, if you don't know, is fourth down. Uh, up by a touchdown. If they got a first down, the game was over. They could just ice the clock uh, or they could just run the clock out. Uh, they ran a quarterback sneak, clearly did not get a first down. And then the referee spotted the ball about half a yard further up than where it should have been. Was enough for a first down by an inch. Game over. Rams couldn't challenge because they were out of challenges and it, was, uh, it wasn't down to the last two minutes. It was like two minutes and 30 seconds left. Uh, game over. That was a massive blunder by the refs and i'm seeing all season the refs have not been good i love how like top golf can put these microchips into every single ball so you can see how far you hit it the spin rate the access all this all this stuff right and football's like we're just gonna have a dude who's trying to look at 22 different guys on the field at the same time in the midst of of a huddle as they're just right. right there. You can't see the ball at all. And he's going to randomly guess his best estimate of where the football is. There has to be a better way to do it. I mean, it's absurd. Seriously, it's absurd. That has always blown my mind in regards to the ref situation. I think it's always been this bad, but also part of me says it's such a hard job. It's a thankless job. No one really is ever like, you know what? That was a really well ref game. Very, very rarely. They're looking at dudes who are 300 plus pounds. They're looking at guys who run four threes, four fours, and they have to make a judgment call in the midst of the moment. It's very hard. I'm not going to pretend like it's a very easy job, but again, something needs to change, whether it's someone from like, why not have someone who watched the game from like the all 22 from up top say, Hey, now pick that flag up. That's not a penalty. Right. Like, a couple penalties last night, the Vikings-Niners game. There was one or two against Javarius Ward where it was clear OPI, and they called it against Ward. I'm sitting here going, come on, what are we doing here? This is yeah. obvious. This is clear. Tell the ref, hey, you got it wrong. It's okay. You're human, but you got it wrong. And pick it up. I just don't get it. Yeah, Chris in the chat says it reminds me of index card game. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. It's uh, there has to be uh, a better way. I don't know what the exact solution, but there has to be a better way. Uh, I mean, soccer has VAR where they can see whether or not a, the ball completely crossed the goal line. They can measure it down to like if there's one pixel of the ball that didn't cross the goal line. Why can't we have some kind of similar technology for football? Yeah, same thing. At least in the team. end zone, because in the end zone, that seems like it'd be very easy to do. Maybe be a little bit more challenging when you're talking about getting a first down, but at least for the goal line, we should have that technology, but we don't. Yeah. Uh, by the way, are refs focusing too much on their physical physique instead of the actual game now? Because what only yeah. had Ed Hockley, like Ed Hockley was the one dude who was buff, right? Yeah. Now, like every single guy, every head ref just comes over and just, just absolutely yoked like a WWE character. Like what's his name? Land Clark, which by the way, hell of a name, yeah. hell of a name. <laughs> 
I also love his expression. He always looks disappointed every time he makes a, a call. He's like, shouldn't have done that. Come on now. I'm disappointed <laughs> in you. And he's just flexing his guns up there. I was like, what yeah. is going on right now? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Ed Hockley, shout out. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's go over some injuries. Big one that I want to bring up uh, with you, Sterling, is uh, the Chiefs. Uh, Nick Bolton uh, mm. suffered dif- dislocated wrist. Uh, in Sunday's game against the Chargers. Uh, how much does that hurt the Chiefs' defense? Yeah, it hurts, but it's almost worse for Nick Bolton than anything else, right? Like, I really feel for Nick Bolton because in regard to the Chiefs' defense, I don't I don't think it takes a massive step back. And the reason is, Brett Veach, uh, 2020 vision here, went out and signed Drew Tranquil. He signed a backup green dot from the Chargers, a versatile piece. Now, he doesn't get downhill as quickly. He's not as good of a tackler as Nick Bolton because Bolton's just a bigger-bodied linebacker, right? That's what he does best. But Drew Tranquil's very versatile. Already has two and a half sacks, ranked top 15 in pass coverage last year. He is a green dot, so he will slide in. But then the Chiefs also have Leo Chennault in instances where it's going to be obvious pass-run-down situations. Leo Chennault can fit that role pretty well. Uh, the Chiefs have a plethora of depth at linebacker. So while it sucks for Nick Bolton, I hate seeing him get hurt. He went to Mizzou. He's now playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Got a Nick Bolton jersey. Love the dude. I think the Chiefs are going to be fine. They'll be able to weather the storm. Um, I just saw this. Uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, still questionable for the game this weekend against the Falcons. Uh, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel told reporters that he expects both, both quarterbacks, Malik Willis and Will Levis, to play against the Falcons. Might be going with a two-quarterback system. Uh, so chalk up another win for the Dirty Birds because that sounds like that'll be a disaster. Uh, any other key injuries here over uh, this past week? Yeah, just that, that, that's one off the top of my head right there. Ryan Tannehill, obviously. Um, Deshaun Watson's know, out. Deshaun Watson, which was very interesting because he looked brutal before then. Maybe he just needs to sit a week anyways to get the rotator cuff back. Um Jerome Ford for the Browns got yes. banged up in that game as well. He popped up, popped off a huge run there, but obviously they still still have Kareem Hunt. Um, th- those are the the bigger ones for me. Yeah, injuries once again suck. Breaking news: uh, injuries suck. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to the top story of the week, uh, and it's something I feel a little bit passionate about. I went a little on a little rant about this uh, on my own podcast here, but uh, are the Buffalo Bills fraudulent, Sterling? I'm going to ask you first because they are four and three now. They've lost a couple games that they should not have lost, and some people are saying this Buffalo Bills team is fraudulent. What say you? No. This is such an overreaction, such an overreaction. They lost to the Jags in London. They lost to the Jets opening night on a punt return for a touchdown. They lost to New England, and I know New England's brutal, man. New England's a really bad team. They always play Buffalo tough. It's what they do. Um, They have their number almost, if you will. I am not worried about the Bills. If you want to have some question marks in regards to Josh Allen, how ever since Brian Dayball left, he seems to revert at least a little back, a little bit back to um, some questionable throws. I'll entertain it. But let's be real now. When you have one of the top quarterbacks in the, NF- in the NFL, when you have one of the top wide receivers, you have one of the top complete teams, I don't care if you're four and three. I don't care. You are up there. Um, no. People who say they're frauds, it's such an overreaction. Yeah, it is. And I have I've, I haven't seen this a lot around sports media, people calling the Bills frauds. Listen, I'm the king of pointing out what teams are frauds. I've done it for years now. It's one of my favorite things to do. What a fraud is, is a team that has a good record, 
that people are saying are a good team, but then you look at their underlying metrics and their statistics, and they're actually not that good. The Bills are kind of the opposite of that because they have a not-so-great record at 4-3, and three, but all of their metrics are very good. So I don't know what the argument is is that, that they're frauds. They don't have a great record. Their metrics are good. So I guess you're just saying that, like, oh, they don't win games? Like, to me, that's not what a fraudulent team is. There's variance in the NFL and in all sports. Sometimes you just lose games uh, that you should have won. Sometimes you just don't bring your A game, especially when we've only played seven games so far this season. The Bills are not a fraudulent team. You look at any metric you want to look at, they're still a top-five team in the NFL. They'll be a top-five team, top-three team by the time the season is over. This team is not fraudulent whatsoever. They've just... Lost a couple games. We're through week seven. We got to settle down. Yeah, I get so tired of the overreactions. I, I, I just, just one week in, like Miami, right? When they put up 70 points to the best team of all time, best offense of all time, they lose next week. Oh, they're bums. They're fraud. Like, calm down. Right. Like, let, let's have some sort of nuance here. Uh, the Bills are a really good team with a record that, quite frankly, doesn't re reflect how good they have been so far. Um, by the way, crowning yourself king of frauds, uh, you're more like a duke to me, maybe a prince of frauds, an earl, even. I and... rightfully point out the most fraudulent teams in the NFL every single year. Okay, and I'm and I'm proving correct every single year, and I do it in hockey. I do it as, as well. Bruins last year, biggest frauds. What happened? They lost in the first round of the Panthers. The king of frauds. Two years ago, the Titans were the worst number one seed in AFC history. Okay, we all saw that coming. That's the, oh, really stepping out on a limb there, huh? They were the number one seed. They were the number one seed, and people were calling them Super Bowl contenders. And then they lost in their first game in the playoffs. Uh, Ian, all right. um, you're in the for me, man. I, I guess we already know the answer to this. Is Josh Allen still an elite quarterback? Yeah, dude. I mean, he's top three still. The turnovers are an issue. The turnovers are an issue. And I will say one thing about the Bills to go back to the Bills as a, as a whole. And one thing that might come back to bite them by the end of the year is they can't stop the run. They have a lot of issues so far this season stopping the run. Whenever Does that so make them frauds? No. No. But I will, uh, to kind of go against our own point, they have not been able to stop the run well at all this year, which is actually kind of an issue that's popped up a couple times over the past few seasons. Well, it comes up when you're losing games. When you're winning, it doesn't matter. The Chiefs know this as, as well as any team. They, they perpetually right. could not stop the run for years, um, and it didn't matter because they would have a lead and teams could not run from behind. You're just not going to outpace, outscore. And when people say, you know, is Josh Allen still elite? I always say, all right, let's break this down. If you're doing a fantasy football draft right now, not fantasy football, but like a, a dynasty draft right now, right. and you're picking, uh, you know, Mahomes is going 1-1. One, one. We, we know that. You're, you're picking two? Probably Josh Allen, right? I mean, let's right. be real. Like, it's probably Josh Allen. How is that not elite? Right. Uh, or you could even say, I mean, you could put someone else in there at number two, Jalen Hurts maybe. But still, like, Josh sure. Allen's going to be top three. That's my whole point. So right. when it comes down to it, if you're saying he's not elite, then you're basically saying there's only one elite quarterback in the NFL. And that is just, uh, well, you know, there's levels to this. Yes, for sure. Oh, the Chiefs. The Chief, this might be a segment for, for a future show. The Chiefs are annoying me. I'm sick of the Chiefs. Huh. Um, going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Chiefs fans oh. are going to shake it off. Yeah um should we buy low on the bills and if we don't think they're frauds is it time to invest a little bit on on the bills 100 
Let me see what the Super Bowl odds are, odds are over at DraftKings. This do might they, be the perfect time to buy in on some Bills futures. Do, and we went into the season. I remember talking to Matt Verderim about this. We talked to Verderim about this, and he and he we even we went through the schedule of the Bills. The Bills have a very difficult schedule, and they've lost some games that we they probably shouldn't have lost to already, right? The Bills' record is not going to look good probably at the end of the season in regards to what uh, people might think they were going to look like. That's a dangerous playoff team, though, and that's what it comes down to. Once you get into the dance, what are you looking like? Because losing in London to a team that's been over there a month does not move the needle to me. Losing to a team that perpetually plays you tough with Bill Belichick and the, and the Patriots, no matter how bad they are, that doesn't move the needle for me. The record mm-hmm. might only be – they might be a, a 10-win, an 11-win team. But you play them in the playoffs, that's not a team you want to play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 14 to 1 to win the Super Bowl over at DraftKings Sportsbook. That is worse odds than obviously the Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, Dolphins. Not super surprising there. Worse odds than the Cowboys. Who would you rather bet on the Cowboys? Who would you rather bet to win the Super Bowl right now? The Cowboys at 10 to 1 or the Bills at 14 to 1? Oh my gosh, it's the Bills not even close. The, yeah. the Cowboys play in a brutal NFC. They, they should have a much easier path, and I still wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I'm going to be, after the show, I will be placing a bet on the Bills in the Super Bowl 14-1. I think now is the time to do it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Let's uh, move on to some other topics here. Uh, Speaking of Super Bowl, actually, this kind of good segue. How many teams in the NFL right now? We're seven weeks in. I think we have a pretty decent feel for what teams are good and what teams aren't so good. Uh, how many teams do you think have a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I went with eight. Um, oh, should, should I be cliche? Thirty-two. Yeah. Until <laughs> until you're out, you still have right. a chance. Right. You know, until until the clock hits zero, you play. Now, right. come on. Uh, sorry, Cardinals fans. I feel for you, but uh, Kyler Murray, when he comes back potentially in December, isn't going to move the needle that much. Um, I'm going with eight. I have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Dolphins the Bills, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Lions, and then my surprise team, the Bengals. Uh, I know you're probably not big on the Bengals. I know a lot of people are probably out on the Bengals as they sit there at three and three. Man, they've been so solid year after year as the season goes on. They have started off slow multiple times now, and people count them out. I did last year, and what do they do? They find a way back. They're a good team. Joe Burrow is going to get healthier as the season goes on. Uh, you're going to see T. Higgins. He's back now, right? He was injured, missed a good chunk of the season. They're finally getting Jamar Chase more and more involved. I'm not saying they're a great team, but to say that they don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl after what they've shown us the past few seasons, I think is a little overreaction. So they're my eight team, the Bengals. Um, yeah, I absolutely disagree with that. Um, but I will say, I mean, the Bengals coming off a of bye week, may, if Joe Burrow did, was able to get, uh, a lot more healthy off the bye, then, um, 
sure it's possible i do not have the Bengals on my list i do have the same amount of teams though i have eight uh and we only we have we actually have very similar lists there's only one team that i have on my list that you don't have on your list uh, and vice versa i don't have the Bengals. i put in the seahawks so i have chiefs ravens dolphins bills and the afc i think those are the only four teams that have a realistic shot at winning it uh, and then the nfc have four teams it's the eagles 49ers lions and seahawks why do you not have the Seahawks on your list, but you have the Lions, whereas the Seahawks beat the Lions earlier in the year? You're telling me right now. I get it, but I always hit the one-game sample size of, oh, they beat them. They, they right, have to course. be better. I, I, I think that's it's only it's all you have to go off of right now, obviously. So I understand if you are a fan of the Seahawks and they beat the Lions, you're sitting here going, well, come on. The only thing we have – I know, but let's be real now. The, the Lions are a better team. The Lions are a better team. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Quite and, and I will also say, sometimes matchups matter. The Patriots. Oh, that's definitely the, true. Against the Bills, right? No one said the Patriots are better than the Bills, but the Patriots are a bad matchup for the Bills. Yeah. Same can be true for the Seahawks and the Lions. I just think the Lions overall are a better team. Uh, I'm not in on Geno Smith necessarily taking him to the promised land. Um, they, they make the playoffs. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you there. Same reason why I think the uh, – a little different reason, but, you know, the Jags are going to make the playoffs, but only the Jags have a, little, a realistic chance of, of winning the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Seahawks. They'll make the playoffs. I, I just don't see them making any sort of noise. You, you're telling me right now, you, you see Geno Smith go up against the Niners, go, go up against the Eagles, and you're yeah. saying, yeah, that's going to go well. Um, now there's a certain fan base that's probably watching this and screaming at us because there's one team that neither of us have on this list of eight, but this team is fifth on the odds list to win the Super Bowl. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Neither of us have faith in the Cowboys having a realistic shot at winning the Super Bowl. No, I, honestly, I was about to put the Vikings over the Cowboys. I, yeah. I, I seriously thought about the Vikings because I've been pretty high on the Vikings all season long, even when they were, what, one in five? One in four, one in five, whatever it was. I think that they are a talented team that last year they, they were 11 and 0 in one score games. This year they're what, 0 and 5, you know, before last night, something like that. The Vikings are a solid team. Justin Jefferson will come back at some point. The NFC is down. Um, I, I don't think the Vikings are out of it by any means, but I, I couldn't quite put them in this list. I think they're just on the, on the cusp, on the outside looking in. Uh, but I would have the Vikings over the Cowboys, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a hot take by both of us but we both agree on it uh I've, I have no faith in the cowboys either i've i've been pretty vocal about being anti-cowboys all season sure they have the talent i don't think they have the coaching i don't think they have the quarterback to do it um so yeah neither of us think the cowboys have a legitimate shot that'll be interesting um is the charger season over at two and four uh tough loss this past week to the chiefs uh, they are my upset pick of the week. Did not come through. They are now sitting at two and four in a very tough AFC, a very tough AFC West. Um, is their season over? Do they still have hope to make? Obviously, we, they were not on our list to uh, with a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl. But do they have a re realistic shot of still making the playoffs? I think it's realistic because their schedule, but it's still going to be tough. So they play the Bears, right? So Bears, Jets. So you're hoping you're at what? They're four and four. Yep. Detroit toss-up game let's say four and five because I, I i'm higher on detroit let's say four and five green bay green bay is not great you move to five and five then you have baltimore five and six new england six and six you beat denver you beat uh las vegas you're eight and six 
eight and seven against Buffalo, uh, nine and eight, nine and seven against Denver, then nine and eight against the Chiefs. Um, man, I don't think nine wins gets them in. I don't think nine wins gets them in. Gets them in. They have some really easy games in there, but then they have some tough ones. I mean, again, obviously the Chiefs, but Buffalo and Baltimore and Detroit. It's like they played the some great teams and then some brutal teams, but not much in between them. Well, and, and even with the way that we looked at, we've seen the Chargers this year. Do you trust them to win all of those games against bad teams? Like, I wouldn't put it past them to lose one or two of those games, too. So, um, and when you look at the AFC wildcard picture right now, you have the Steelers at four and two, the Browns at four and two, and the Bills at four and three. So, it's not like the NFC where there's a three and three team in the wildcard picture right now. Um, it's those, those are going to be tough wildcard positions, uh, to be in by the end of the year. And then you still have below those, below those teams, you still have some feisty teams in there as well. Texans three and three jets, three and three Bengals three and three Colts three and four, who might be the best three and four team in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, and then chargers. Yeah. It's not looking good, man. And they have so much talent and perpetually, it seems like this is the conversation we have year after year after year, really good in the off season. A lot of talent, a lot of injuries. They can change head coaches. They can change quarterbacks. They can change cities. They still find a way to charger. Uh, and again, I think at some point you have to have a serious conversation about Justin Herbert. I'm not saying you trade him. I'm not saying you move on from him. But at what point do we say, yeah, it's great. He's a top five talent in the NFL. You got to translate to something. You're, you're what, 500 in your NFL career starting with him? Yeah. I don't care. How, if you were that talented, you make everyone else on your team better. And there's pretty much agreement around the NFL that they're a talented team injuries aside they're a talented team you gotta rise up you can't have these fourth quarter interceptions looking like Brock Purdy you're more talented than Brock Purdy come on now um would if you were the Browns uh speaking of potential uh, AFC playoff teams would you continue to roll with PJ Walker over Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson is a shell of his former self and has looked terrible. And it, 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 he, it, I know this is kind of a cliche thing to say, but he's not playing with any heart. Like it, it, it honestly looks like he doesn't care when he's out there. Yeah, it looks like he took the money and run. I mean, like it, it, it looks bad. It's the opposite of Baker Mayfield. It's the yeah. opposite. It's, it, it's the anti-Baker Mayfield, where Baker Mayfield, he was fighting through injuries. He wanted to be out there. He, I still remember that, that run he had when he had the rotator cuff, and he led with that shoulder, trying to pick up a first down. And then you got rid of him for a guy who does not care. No. Doesn't care. I, I, some of the interceptions he throws are unbelievably bad. I mean, just atrocious. Just atrocious. Um, but I don't think you can go to P.J. Walker. As long as Watson is healthy, which is a huge question mark. Maybe he needs to sit another week. You can't get out of this contract. You're tied to him. Just like Denver and Russell, you're tied to Watson. As much as it sucks, uh, worst contract in NFL history. As much as it sucks, yes. And we'll talk about the contract in a little, in a, in a little bit. But just as, as much as the, the talent perspective here and what you have to do, you can't move on. No one's trading for him. That much is clear, right? You're going to have the most expensive backup in NFL history. That's not the way to build a team. Your best hope is that you keep playing him, and something clicks and he reverts back and. He remembers that he's cares about playing football. Like, I, but you kind of have to. You're tied to him. He was supposedly cleared to go back in the game this past weekend uh, against the Colts and did not. Um, 
and since being traded to the Browns, the 10 games that he's played in for the Browns, he has completed 59.6% of passes, 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 82.09 passer rating, um, and a few, I think five fumbles as well. So he hasn't even been completing at 60%. 59.6% completion percentage is horrible. Horrible. More, more turnovers and touchdowns. I mean, it's just, it's a train wreck. Uh, so is it the worst contract of all time? Yeah. I mean, this is I mean, worth- I don't have the list of the worst contracts of all time in front of me, but it has to be dude. The did- amount of guaranteed money that, uh, 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 that they gave him. I think that's the big part of the contract is it was all guaranteed. Well, he's been worse than Russell Wilson. Right. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. The only other comp really is Russell Wilson. He's worse than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's at least been available too. And at least he cares. He cares in a weird way, Russell right. does. He but at least, at, least, kind of way. Yeah, yeah. at least he cares, right? At least he, he wants to be out there. He's going to try his, his darndest in his cheesy way. But he cares. And he's out there. Deshaun Watson is not. He's horrible. Seems like he does not care. I mean, seriously, you got to go to baseball if you want to have any sort of comp to what this contract is like. Chris Davis with the Orioles? Yeah, I just looked up, uh, I just Googled just to see what Google would tell me. Worst contracts in NFL history. This website says uh, number one, Albert Hainsworth, which is a notable one. I do remember that. He was the first NFL player to sign a $100 million contract. Only $41 million of it was guaranteed, though, and he stunk with uh, Washington immediately after signing yeah, his contract with him. But still, that's not even close to being comparable to Sean Watson uh, in his guaranteed contract yeah. uh, at a much more important position. Um, and not only is it the contract, it's the trade that they gave up uh, for the Texans to get him uh, in the first place, just for the ability to sign him to that huge contract. Uh, yeah. <laughs> CJ Stroud would be such an upgrade. Oh, now, yes. contract, future, everything over to Sean Watson. But the uh, Browns decided to- this is the fix. Uh, they traded three first-round picks. I didn't remember they they gave up this much this much. They gave up three first round picks, 2022, 2023, 2024, third round pick in 2023 and then two fourth round picks in 22 and 24 for Deshaun Watson. And then they signed him to the worst contract in NFL history. Wow. I'm glad I'm not a fan of the Cleveland Browns. Um NFL trade deadlines a week from today, uh 4 p.m. Eastern I believe uh on ha- Halloween. Uh, what teams do you think should be sellers? What teams do you think uh, should be buyers? Do you have any general trade deadline takes? Uh, or do we wait just wait till next week? I don't have any strong takes here. We're starting to see see more trades in the NFL. And now it's not quite baseball or NBA, obviously. Right. But it used to be maybe one trade. Right. It's the worst trade deadline of all sports. Yeah. And we're starting to see a little more. Who would have thought when with head coaches and GMs who grew up playing Madden, they start to act more like Madden, a little more transactional. Uh, The Eagles, obviously, Howie Roseman is very aggressive. I would expect him to be even more aggressive. He obviously just made a trade uh, for Kevin Byard of the Titans, right? But I don't expect anything crazy. Like I know the Panthers should be selling – like Adam Thielen, what's the point of having him there? Same yeah. time, he's the only guy that's doing anything in the wide receiver core. What are you going to leave Bryce Young with literally nothing? Right. No. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy obviously has not been good for uh, the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton maybe, but the Broncos, I, I don't know, man. Like 
They went all in. They're all, all in. They still have to be all, all in this year, next year. I don't know if trading them moves the needle for you got for them at all. Um, I don't expect any big name guys to be moved. No. I think the biggest name that was floated around was Kirk Cousins, uh, but especially after last night's win over the 49ers. I mean, the Vikings are right back in the thick of things uh, for the playoffs uh, in the NFC. Um, I mean, Buccaneers are in the last wild card spot right now at three and three, and the Vikings are three and four, and the Vikings have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. So uh, I don't think Kirk Cousins is on the market anymore. I did list a few players that I kind of would be my prediction. You mentioned Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I don't think they get moved one of those guys gets moved i have four names though who are going to be my predictions that do get moved uh justin houston i could see get moved from the panthers he's a edge rusher for the panthers uh, on a one-year contract nearing the end of the season there's no reason for an edge rusher who still has a little bit of left uh, on a one-year contract to be on an 0-16 that makes no sense i could see him get traded from the panthers uh hunter renfro everyone uh it's kind of whispered about Devonte adams uh being traded from the raiders i don't think that's going to happen but another raiders receiver i could see happen is hunter renfro a guy who uh was one of the better receivers in the nfl like two years ago uh and he has completely fallen off a cliff maybe a team if they can get him for cheap might take a shot and see if a change of scenery can help him out because he was electric like two years ago yeah so um, weird like like, like yeah he immediately he was, was bad. So solid. And I don't know if it was bad or if it was a case of the Raiders just stopped using him. Or yeah. I mean, obviously Devontae Adams, then Jacoby Myers has taken over that wide receiver two spot. I am shocked that Hunter Renfro has either not A got traded or B found a new scenery option somewhere else, whether it was released or something, because if I were him, I'd be pissed. Yeah, those are my number two, uh, my top two predictions. Uh, Dalvin Cook, the Dalvin Cook experiment, uh, experiment in uh, New York has not been great. He's only averaging 2.8 yards per carry, while Brees Hall looks like an absolute beast. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets end up trading him to someone else uh, who needs a running back. And then Jordan Hicks, linebacker for the Vikings. Once again, Vikings may not be looking to move pieces. They might not be sellers after upsetting the 49ers last night. So that one could be a little bit of a stretch as well. But if Vikings do trade someone, I could see them uh, getting rid of Jordan Hicks, the linebacker. So, uh, but my two biggest predictions, Justin Houston and Hunter Renfro. Yeah. The other name I thought about as far as a bigger name, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of is Hollywood Brown. Uh, I think Hollywood uh, Brown, he's heading into the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah. Um, obviously already been traded once right from the Ravens to Arizona, Arizona right. going nowhere fast, Arizona. If they're not going to resign him, you trade him. Yep. If they're going to resign him, if they don't trade Hollywood Brown, that probably leads me to believe they're going to resign him. Um, but I'm not a big uh, Hollywood Brown guy. He, he, he does not – because he's going to get 20-plus million per year. And that's not a type of guy that I would give 20-plus million a year for. Uh, Chris asked a question here in the chat, Sterling. Would you give up uh, a pick and Sky Moore for Jerry Judy? Mm. What – what uh, I got to figure out what Jerry Judy's contract is right now, as far as what year is he entering, right? Uh, it's a four-year deal. Uh, one, two, because what, what, where was he picked? He was picked first of all, so he's the fifth-year option. So he's in the fourth year. So he had to pick up the fifth-year option for $12 million. I, I think I would, uh, I'd consider, it depends what the pick is, obviously. But you have the fifth-year option in there, right? Would you like to see the Chiefs generally go out and try to get a receiver? No, not really. 
but I think, a, I, I think it's an, I think it's an intriguing one. A, again, the chiefs, they're building this the way the Patriots did to an extent, right? Where right. they're going to build, spend a lot of high draft capital on the defense. And the chiefs have tried at wide receiver, the couple of second round draft picks. They've just not hit so far outside of Rasheed Rice, who by the way, looks really, really good. He does. Um, I don't see them doing this because I don't see them again giving a large contract to Jerry Judy. And they're trying to find cost-controlled players. That's what it comes down to. And Jerry Judy's only cost-controlled for one more year. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mike in the chat says Hollywood Brown is overrated. I don't. I feel like he's having a pretty solid season for Arizona. He's been he's been pretty good. He's been fine. Um, and I don't think anyone's saying Hollywood Brown is like a, an elite receiver. Um, he's fine. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to previewing uh, week eight games. Uh, I have a few games written down here. Thursday night football, I think this is, is a significant one, significant one because the Bills got to get back on track here. The Bills are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are eight and a half point favorites for the Bills. I think based on our conversation earlier, you think the Bills get back on track here? Yeah, I think the Bills, they roll. Uh, I talked I talk about uh, it earlier how the one weakness the Bills have is uh, their inability to stop the run this year. They're allowing like 5.2 yards per carry. What's the one thing the Buccaneers can't do? Run the football. Uh, they're the worst running team in the NFL. So they have no ability to attack the Bills where uh, they're weak. Uh, bad stylistic matchup for the Buccaneers. I think Bills will. Jaguar Steelers. Uh, this is uh, the fraud bowl between two of the most fraudulent teams in the NFL. Although the Steelers, I, I I need to kind of stop calling them frauds because I don't I don't know what it is, but they continue to win as underdogs week after week after week after week. They did it again last week against the Rams. Um, Rob Pozzola, uh, my friend in a professional sports better, calls it uh, I think Mike Tomlin voodoo. He calls it because it seems I I think he has a winning record when the Steelers are underdogs. He just find finds ways to win, and if I if there's eight seasons of that at some point i need to stop like calling it fraudulent it's just mike tomlin knows how to get his team up when they're underdogs well and they're underdogs again yeah he wins when they're underdogs and loses when they're favorites that's what it seems like then right Um, i don't know and it's and it's not just a one year or two years this is has been his entire career as a head coach of the steelers it makes no sense so i am gonna go with the steelers here at home even though they're two and a half point underdogs here oh this is the time to do it Deontay, Deontay Johnson is back, and he looked pretty good in his first game back, right? So Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, they're starting to get Jalen Warren more involved. Jalen Warren's way more explosive than Najee Harris. You're starting to see a legit split in carries and, and timeshare between those two guys. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. I did for a little bit, and then I stopped believing in Kenny Pickett. But I think at home, with the weapons he has at his disposal, that will be enough. And I think the Steelers' defense is still talented enough to give Trevor Lawrence some fits. So I'm going to go with the Steelers at home. Uh, Steelers are 45 and 40 under Mike Tomlin when listed as an underdog. That's unbelievable. Yeah, That's crazy. They're not always one or two point underdogs. That could be a 12 point right. underdog. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Um, I'm going to go with the Jaguars though. I, I, I was caught the Jaguars were my number one, most fraudulent team in the NFL last week, but then they actually impressed me against the saints. I actually thought they looked good. 
Uh, Rams against Cowboys. Cowboys six and a half point favorites over under 45 and a half. Uh, any thoughts for this one? Neither of us have the Cowboys as realistic winners of the Super Bowl. Uh, are you going against them this week? I think the six and a half points are way too high. Hmm. Yeah. You still think they... I think they up. win, but I think six and a half is 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 too many points. Yeah, Rams are my upset pick of the week. Uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later when we get to that section, but uh, I don't like the Cowboys. Um, Bengals at 49ers. Uh, 49ers have now lost two straight games uh, to the Browns and to the Vikings. They now take on a Bengals team who are coming off a bye week. You seem to still be a believer in the Bengals. Do you like the Bengals in this spot? The Bengals got to string some wins together. This is a tough spot for them to do that. Yeah, it is a very tough spot, and it's tough to pick the 49ers to win to lose three straight games. But I do think the five and a half is too many points. Um, yeah, I think the, again, I'm not trying to overreact as far as the 49ers. All of a sudden, they're a bad team now. They're still a damn good team. They're really, really good. But Debo, Trent Williams, they're banged up, uh, obviously. Uh, as much as Brendan Ayuk, we, we think is this stud, he only had 57 yards last night, had a little trouble getting open late in that game. The Vikings a little able to neutralize him. Uh, George Kittle was still impressive, but I think the Bengals offense is going to start getting right. And I don't trust Brock Purdy in close games. That's what it comes down to with the 49ers. When they have a lead, they're a great, great team. When they're playing in a dogfight or they're down, I don't trust Brock Purdy to take him to the promised land. Joe Burrow, when, when he's down, that's fine. He's got the arm and he has the weapons. I like the points here for sure. I think the 49ers roll them. Uh, the Bengals still second last in the NFL in net yards per play. Only the Giants are worse in net yards per play. Uh, every metric you look at, the Bengals are bottom 10 team in the NFL. The only argument that, in my opinion, that can be made for the Bengals is that they Joe Burrow got a lot more healthy uh, during the bye week, and now he's going to come out strong, which is possible. But until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. So I'm, Joe I'm Burrow take... and T. Higgins. Yes, fair enough. But until I see the Bengals have an impressive win where their offense looks great, looks like the offense from last year, I'm not going to bet on them. And I, we haven't seen that yet. Even in their wins, I don't think they've looked good. Uh, Browns against Seahawks, Seahawks, three point favorites at home over under 40 and a half. I think Seahawks roll in this one as well. Uh, one of the things I like about the Seahawks the most is their run defense, best run defense in the NFL, third and opponent yards per, uh, carry first and opponent rush success rate. Um, and the Browns, uh, get like 48% of their offensive yards on the ground, which is the highest mark in the NFL. So if the Browns can't run the ball, and if the metrics hold up, they won't be able to run the ball in this one. I don't know how they can keep it close with the Seahawks. I think Seahawks win big. Yeah, I don't have a ton of strong thoughts on this one. I have zero idea how to pick the Browns. I've, I've, when I go against them, they win. When I go with them, they 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 do nothing for me. Um, Seahawks, I'm not a huge believer in. Again, I don't think they're a bad team by any means, but I think they're just a team. They're fine. They're a 500-ish team, nine and eight probably make the playoffs, but they don't move the needle for me. Uh, I will take your word for it on this one, uh, but a blowout seems a little strong. Uh, any thoughts on uh, your Chiefs uh, this week? Chiefs, uh, eight-point favorites in Denver. A, re a rematch, I mean, I don't like it when two teams play against each other like twice in three weeks. Isn't that the case? Didn't they just play they did. Broncos? It was Broncos, Chargers, then Broncos again. Uh, the Chiefs covered last time against the Broncos, uh, although it wasn't a pretty cover. It was a very low-scoring, ugly game. Yep. That seems to be the case with a lot of AFC West games. Um, 
I hate I hate taking the Chiefs as eight and a half point favorites. That's just a lot of points to give up when you face a team two times in three weeks. But the Chiefs look like they got right. And that's the difference. The Chiefs look like they got right against the Chargers. So in this one, I do think they cover. Uh, do you have any thoughts on either of the uh, – I'm taking the Broncos, by the way. Uh, it's ugly. I hate it, but I'm going to take the Broncos. Congrats on can... taking the uh, Chargers last week, too. Did that work out for yeah. you? Or... It did okay. not. Okay, I just want to make sure. It did not. Um, do you have any thoughts on the two not a great Sunday night football and Monday night football games this week? Uh, Sunday night football's Bears, Chargers, ugly. And then Monday night football's Raiders, Lions. Uh, any thoughts on either of them? Chargers, Lions, baby. <laughs> Uh, Mike says, uh, as a Chiefs fan, I'm worried about the Broncos. 17 straight is really tough to do. Uh, yeah, obviously 17 straight is very tough to do for a team to beat a team 17 straight times, but that doesn't have an effect on this game. Uh, if you flipped a coin 17 times and it landed on heads 16 times in a row, uh, it landing on heads is still a 50, 50 shot, uh, the 17th time, uh, the past 16 times don't have, uh, any impact on it um same with same with sports uh yeah 17 straight is tough if if the streak's at zero but once the streak's at 16 the 17th is just as easy as all the other ones with that being said he does say it's a trap game for them i wouldn't be blown away if the broncos find a way to win this game they have the broncos have looked better the past few weeks they held no, tough. I would be, I would be blown away would you okay oh i would be beyond shocked the Chiefs looking like they did against the Chargers, and then all of a sudden the Broncos yeah. doing that. Yeah, I would be shocked. The Broncos, my argument would be the Broncos have looked a little bit better the past few weeks than they did the, the first few weeks of the season. Uh, the Chiefs have had issues stopping the run. I would say that's the biggest weakness uh, for the Chiefs, uh, and the, that's what the Broncos do the best. And we've seen in years past uh, for these kind of bad teams to beat the Chiefs, what happens is, uh, they're able to run the ball successfully and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and then they squeak out a win late in the game. Uh, I think it happened against the Raiders a couple years ago, if memory serves me correct. Um, I'm not saying I'm not picking the Broncos to win, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't be them I wouldn't be shocked. They have weirder scored things 19, have happened. They have scored 19 points, eight points, and 21 points in the last three games. Their defense is who the Broncos. Yeah, the defense has looked a lot better though. The defense, I know the Chiefs covered, but they their defense kept the Chiefs in check a couple weeks ago in Kansas City. That's a fact. That's a fact. We're not. Uh, gonna, we'll we're, we're just not going to agree on this one, my guy. Uh, all right, let's uh, wrap up with our picks for Week Eight. Uh, mentioned at the top of the show, Sterling, you had a great week, three and one. Uh, you had, gave out two spread picks. Uh, you got a little greedy. If you would have just stayed uh, with one, and if you picked the right one, you would have had a perfect week because uh, you did hit Browns minus two versus Colts, uh, but you lost uh, going against my Falcons. I mean, lesson learned. I think we can all agree with that. Don't bet against the Dirty Birds. Uh, your total bet uh, hit as well. You had Ravens lines over 42. Ravens basically covered that almost by themselves. Uh, your upset pick of the week hit as well. Thursday night football, Jags over Saints continues to be uh, your strongest thing is uh, picking upsets. So another upset winner for you there. Uh, I went one and two. Bad week for me for my best bets in the show. Uh, I did hit Ravens over Lions and that hit by uh, a million points. Um, but my total lost, I took Dolphins Eagles over 52. That looked great right up until the end. That was a, that was a bit of a heartbreaker. Even Deandre Swift had almost scored on like the last 
offensive snap and they got tripped up. Yeah, old boy needed that too because I had a bet on a anytime touchdown for Swift uh, to cash a pretty large parlay. So I was yep. a little little salty there. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, and my upset was Chargers over Chiefs, which we don't need to talk about. That was a tough, that was bad. Um, all right, let's uh, give it our best spread total and upset pick for week eight. Uh, you're going with two sp- spread picks again? Oh, yeah. I got to try and all catch right. up to you. I got to catch like up it. to you. I've been so bad. So it's time to get a little more uh, aggressive here, if you will. I'm going Rams plus six and a half versus the Cowboys. I talked about it earlier. I think that's way too many points to give up. Uh, I like the Rams in the situation. The Rams offense with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup is, is really nice, man. Uh, the ability that you have no idea who is going to. That you take one away, take Cooper Cup away. Okay, yeah, Nakua's going for 150. That's what happened last week. I like that. Uh, and then Vikings in a pick'em game versus Green Bay. I've talked about it. I think the Vikings are back. Uh, Jordan Love continues to make interceptions, bad throws late in games. Uh, I like the Vikings in a pick'em game here. I thought that's a little crazy. I'm sure it'll probably swing the Vikings' way if I had to imagine as the a, as a week goes on. But right now, give me the Vikings in a pick'em. Yeah, I, I, I'm on that Vikings pick as well. They're one-point underdogs last night. Uh, this morning, it's a pick and now we're even seeing some sports books uh, put it at uh, Vikings minus one. DraftKings still has Vikings at plus one. So, uh, yeah, you can get some plus money depending on what side uh, you want in that game. Uh, but I do like that. Uh, my favorite spread bet is Seahawks minus three against Browns. I talked about earlier. I think it's a stylistic nightmare for the Browns. No team gets more, a higher percentage of their offensive yards than through the running game than the Browns. And now they have to face the best rush defense in the NFL. Um, and yes, Browns defense, very good. But I even just generally, I don't know what's going on with their offense. Jerome Ford is hurt now. I guess they're just going to hand the ball to Kareem Hunt all the time. Deshaun Watson stinks. PJ Walker, while he has heart, he also stinks. Uh, so I'll take Seahawks uh, minus three yeah. uh, against the Browns. Uh, best total bet of the week. You're double dipping in the Vikings-Packers game. Yeah, over 43. Seems a little low. Vikings offense, I believe in. Uh, I get they only scored 22 against the Niners. The Niners have a very, very good defense. They move the ball at will. They should be able to move the ball at will again against Green Bay, which, by the way, uh, that was my best bet. I had Kirk Cousins 300-plus yards and two touchdowns last night. That Ooh, was a, that nice. was a nice little uh, little salty one. I expected it to be more garbage time than anything else, but it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Um, but I think the over in this game looks pretty tantalizing. Jordan Love slings the ball while he's not super effective, and he's prone to throw a bad pass here and there. I still think they'll score a couple times uh, against the Vikings defense through the air, so give me the over here. All right, I don't mind that. Uh, I'm going with the ugliest over bet on the uh, on the board this week. Jets Giants, the Battle of New York, over 36 and a half. Mm. Uh, extremely low total. This might be the lowest total of the season, and for a total this low, uh, in my opinion, both defenses need to be elite. I know neither offense is great either, but for a third, a total of 36 and a half, I need both offense to be to be bad and both defenses to be good. And not the case in this game. We know the Giants uh, aren't a good defense. I don't need to make the argument uh, for that. But the Jets defense, which I was a huge fan of, actually hasn't been very good this season. Uh, If you look at opponent yards per play, they're middle of the pack. They're like 15th or 16th. Opponent EPA per play, they're like 14th, I think. Statistically, they've been an average defense, even though everyone's still praising them to be an elite defense. I was all over the Jets defense last year. They were top three in almost every metric. This year, their metrics are very middle of the pack. So I don't think either defense on this team is good enough to justify a 36 and a half total. I'll go over 36 and a half Giants Jets. Yeah, I like that, actually. 
Uh, upset of the week, Sterling. You are red hot with the upsets. Ooh. Yeah, you and I both went. Bold. Oh, I just saw what it was. Yeah, okay. you and I, you and I both went bold this week. We didn't take a two or a three point upset. Mm. We went with some big boys. Uh, I went with the Bengals over the 49ers. I talked about it. I think it's too many points. I, I like the Bengals in this game, man. Coming off okay. of a bye, Joe Burrow getting healthy. It was hard for me to pick the 49ers to lose three straight games. But Brock Purdy has really struggled the past two weeks. I mean, after we sang his praises saying, maybe he's actually better than we're giving him credit for, he showed, no, you guys were right to begin with. He's just a guy. He's just a dude, and Kyle Shanahan, got to give him a ton of credit. Look what he's done with Nick Mullins, C.J. Bethard, uh, Jimmy G., Brock Purdy. He still finds ways to win 12-plus games a year. Give me Shanahan, but don't give me Brock Purdy. Give me the Bengals and Joe Burrow, a healthier Joe Burrow in this one. It's a bold move. Uh, I respect it. bold man. I'm a bold uh, man, Ian. I said earlier, I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, I think the Cowboys are like a slightly above average team. And I think the Rams, as long as Matt Stafford and the receiving core is healthy, is dangerous to beat any team in the NFL. Their defense has some issues, that's for sure. Uh, the, the Cowboys certainly have the better defense. I'm not going to argue that. But um, I, I think the Rams are live in this spot. That'd be a nice little parlay. Picking the, uh, the Rams and the Bengals. Well, let's do it up really quick over on DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you want to tail this underdog upset parlay, uh, sign up for an account at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code STB and you get uh, $200 in bonus bets and free or sweat-free same-game parlays um, that you can use. And your first $5 bet might as well be a parlay on the Rams and the Cat. Why can't I find oh, Ram, Rams plus 210? Uh, and you're going to go Bengals. Rams and the Bengals. Bengals plus 195. Uh, that's a plus 814 parlay. You bet five dollars in that, you win $45.72. Do we do it? Do we get bold? I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Even though I mean I'm on the 49ers to cover, but I'll I'll put five bucks on it. Yeah, who cares? And you, the viewer, should as well with your code STB. Sign and if it doesn't hit, right don't blame us. Yes, correct. Um, and that leaves us with Survivor um sterling you are still alive in our little mini survivor pool i have not been alive since week three um you uh picked the seattle seahawks this past week so i'm going to list off the teams you cannot use and as we've talked about <clears throat> the longer you survive in our survivor pool the better the um prize i will give you uh so you cannot use the commanders the bills the dolphins the 49ers the lions the Rams, the Seahawks, or the Seahawks. Um, what are you going to do this week? Oh, sorry. I was looking around to see if anyone was left as I'm still the only survivor. Um, it's, it's too bad I used the commanders already because I really wanted to use Washington. You know, they're playing some great football right now. Uh, obviously, I'm being facetious. Give me the Chargers. Chargers over the Bears. Yeah, uh, like I've, been doing, I've been fading the Cardinals, and that's worked for me the most of the season. But... Cardinals play the Ravens, and I might want to use the Ravens a little later on in the season. Chargers are two and four. I think they're a better team than this, but the Bears are atrocious. I like the Chargers here for my survivor. Yeah, I like that. Um, I would go uh, Chargers as well if I was uh, still alive. Uh, but oh, I'm shoot, not. should I switch it then? Because no. yeah. you're out. I don't know if that's. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> Is this sabotage um, over here? Uh, the other team I was looking at potentially. Um... 
is the Colts over the Saints. I hate the Saints. The Saints were one of the most I felt physical pain watching the Saints play offense last week against the Jaguars. Yeah, it just dump it to Alvin Kamara every every single play. He like Alvin- he ends since he's come back. Every game has been like fifteen receptions for thirty eight yards. As a man who likes to take the eight plus receptions on Alvin Kamara uh, mm. on on uh, on DraftKings, I don't mind too much. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, heads up, we uh, I had a chance to sit down with Javon Curse, and the Javon Curse interview for the audio side will be coming up right after this. It'll be live on YouTube after the show. Um, it's just a lot of fun, man. Javon Curse was great, very entertaining, uh, energetic. Uh, the freak, man. I mean, he was he was 6'5, 265 and ran a 443. Imagine being a quarterback. That is absurd. Um, but yeah, that interview was a lot of fun talking with him. So that'll be up next. Uh, there you go then. Uh, so yeah, if you're listening to the audio version of this, this will, that will start here in 30 seconds. Uh, and if you're watching YouTube, go to the channel and this, that interview will be live. Uh, speaking of which, if you are watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like this video, um, rate and review the podcast, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ian Mac bets, I A I N M A C bets. Sterling, you're at home stretch KC. Any final thoughts? I can't wait to play you in golf. And I can't <laughs> wait to play you in golf when you send me a new title as driving iron. There you go. We'll see. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. We are, yeah, I, we are going to do it this summer. But it's, I mean, I don't have a lot of reasons to come to Kansas City, to be honest. Uh, we'll figure Barbecue. it out. And yeah. me. Come on now. Sure. <laughs> I think it's, I think you, why don't you come to New York? There's a lot more things to do in New York and a lot more reasons for you to come to New York than for me to go to Kansas city. Try and trap a mega rat. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for, uh, we'll go for a rat of golf at some point. Maybe I haven't just been sandbagging you. Maybe I'll go and shoot a 72. Uh huh. Can't wait for that. (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much for watching. This has been the NFL Week 8 episode of Stacking the Box. Uh, best of luck if you do decide to bet this week. And if you do, sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using the code SDB. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll talk to you all next week. Sterling Holmes with Fan Sided and Stacking the Box. Join it now on behalf of Johnsonville. The official sausage of the SEC is three-time Pro Bowler Javon Curse. Javon recently played in the Johnsonville Charity Cornhole Challenge in Columbia, South Carolina for a shot at $10,000 for charity. Javon, please tell me you won. Um, we lost by one point. Come on. Listen, it was exciting. We gave the people what they wanted. We could go out there and just beat somebody down. <laughs> and then just all of a sudden, like, oh, these guys, you stacked, you guys stacked, the, stacked the, the, the deck or whatever. Like, no, we came in to have some fun, and they ended up winning. But we gave the fans what they wanted. Uh, who were your teammates? Who were the teammates and opponents you're going up against? I mean, well, it was me, and then I teamed up my former, my former Gator, Titus O'Neill. Well, actually, he was sad. It was Thaddeus Bullock back then. And I don't know why he changed his name to uh, Titus O'Neill. I've got that against uh, who was um, Don Staley and Zaya 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 Cook, like Cook with the um, WNBA or whatever. And um, you know, like they, I think it was built up for them the unhanded thing. And Don, I saw that Don played in a few a few tournaments before already, like on television, like for Justin Bill. So she already had some good practice, but. 
it was good. It was good. We had fun, and it, it went down to the to the last to the last bag. <laughs> I want to talk about how you started off your career. You had 35 sacks in your first three seasons, obviously winning rookie of the year. But some players have such a hard time transitioning to the NFL. How were you able to make it so seamless? Um, I'm thinking maybe because I had a really good position coach. Um, he he kind of made things like easier for me, a, a lot less thinking. Really, just um, and then we got together as soon as I got in because I played I played outside linebacker, stem linebacker at Florida, and the only times I, I really ran after the quarterback was I was like standing up, standing in like a four three, but just standing up, but not getting that defensive end stance, which. I'm glad I did when I got to the league because me getting in that sprinter stance was the best thing for me because it, it helped keep me low and it, it got me in a in a good position to go straight on a straight pass to the quarterback. So I, I mean the, the the transition from from coming in my my rookie year was just like I'm like hold on I'm like this is what me to do I'm I'm used to playing in front of the, the the tight end you know trying to take him on is he blocking is he releasing oh he's releasing. Oh shoot! Am I blitzing this play? I don't know. Am I covering this play or whatever? But when I move the defensive end, it's like line up there, pick up, pick up, aim and point, and go go hit that spot. And if someone on that spot when you hit it, hit them. If not, keep on going and then go hit the person with the ball. And I mean, it it, it wasn't that simple, but that's what I simplified it down to. Uh, I'm going to talk about a game that you actually had a safety in, and that's part of one of the craziest endings in NFL history, the Music City Miracle. I'd love to hear your thoughts and just your perspective, your vantage point on this game. Uh, that one right there, um, I would say that was one of the first situations to where, like, you ever see this cliche, oh, football is a game of interest. Well, no shoot. No shoot is a game of interest, okay? <laughs> You have all these feet and yards out there, whatever. Ancient centimeters are going to be a part of the game, but that game right there was that going into that music. First of all, um, I'm a huge Bruce Smith fan. And then going to that game, I was um, looking forward like, to seeing him and meet him and then watch him play or whatever. He actually ended up getting, I think, he got maybe two sacks against us, and I got me two sacks, two cross bumps in the safety or whatever. So, that part right there felt good. You know, me felt like I was kind of going up, up against one of my idols. So that part right there was good. And then the play, the play at the end, this play called the Moon City. It was uh, the Moon City Miracle, but that play was the home run throwback. We played that play so many times in practice. And it looked like, oh, man, we just wasting our time. Guys just went up to the side and then throw the ball back and then somebody catches it and then do something else and whatever, like, uh, this would never work, but okay, let's practice it. And then when we got in that game and did it, that throw across the field from Frankie Wachek to Kevin Dyson, listen here, football is a game of inches. I had this conversation again, like, it's football season. I don't know why I have some conversations like so often, but had some more conversations about was it, a lateral or was it a back that was a four lateral? I'm like, it wasn't a four lateral. If anything, it was a lateral close to a backwards lateral or whatever, which was legit because um, still to this day, you got Bill fans who still call it a four lateral. But I'm like, you got, at this point, you just got to let you got, you got to let it go. At this point, like it's like it's, it's way behind us. It is what it, it, it is what it is. Okay. But um, that was another one of those situations, like that game there. And then 
it just said just so much. I mean, like the way that game like started, the way it ended, because like we was, I felt like we was up for a second, and then they got up. It was no more time left, and it just yes, that one game on itself, football game of inches, um, is not over until it's over. Sixteen seconds left for me to come and do that. So it just pretty much just it it kind of it kind of. I want to say made a whole bunch of cl- like cliches like sound true, like sound real or whatever. And like you hear stuff all the time, whatever. So it's not over to the fat lady thing. And the fat lady w- wasn't ready until we came out with the W. So a lot of good things came out of that game. A lot I, of great I, memories. I, I know they look back and they actually did an analyst viewpoint of was it forward or backwards? And you're correct. They said it was not a forward lateral. It was legit. So you're all good. Bill's fans got to calm down. But as I sit here in Kansas City, we're obviously very fond of Andy Reid being here in Chiefs Kingdom. You played under Andy Reid for a few seasons. What was your relationship like with Andy? What was like having him as your head coach that was my guy um that was my guy i mean unfortunately unfortunately only played for two different coaches in the league 11 years two different coaches Jeff Fisher, andy reed um i gotta be real with you um andy reed was that was that dude was that dude like uh i don't know if it, maybe because he played um offensive line or whatever and like he felt a, a big guys more but he was a, like a true players coach, and like he pre, like he he looked out for the guys, not in a way that you would like like take advantage of it, or not not in a way to where where like um he's babying people here and there. He, he don't do that. Like I never see him baby anyone. I see him treat everyone with with respect. And then basically, like the, the way you go about your job, go about your business, that's the way he's gonna treat you. And like basically. And that's the way it always been in all four years that I was there. And even up to this point now, his wife still reaches out to me and um, lets me know about the about the grandkids, about the brothers, about the sisters, about the great grandkids, about the nieces and nephews. And she like lets she sends she sends out like newsletters like um, often, and um, I'm, I'm on that list. So. I get to know what's going on in, in the Reed household and all the Reed households. Uh, before I let you go here, you played in a more physical era. In regards to hitting the quarterback, that was allowed in your in your day. You look at it now. Yeah. You look at some of the penalties. How hard is it for a defensive player? Because I'm always sitting here going, you're a perfect example. You 6'5, 265, you're in a 443. Again, that's why they called you the freak. I mean, that's just absurd. Yeah. They're just some very large <laughs> human beings. How are they supposed to try and slow down? How are they supposed to not put their body weight on the guy? Uh, I mean, how difficult Correct. is this for these defensive players? It's, it's very difficult. And then um, I remember back when they started changing some of the rules, I ran into some of my former teammates who were still playing. Um, I played with uh, uh, William William Hayes. He came um, out of Winston-Salem State. But um, I played with him at, um, in, game, um, in Nashville with the Titans, and then he came down and played with, with the Dolphins. But I remember talking to him afterwards when they were making all those changes, and he actually ended up hurting his knee. I think he hurt his ACL or MCL because – he was going after a quarterback and taking him down, and um, he was trying not to fall on top of him. And then after that, that same season, which I think this may have been like around like maybe 2010, maybe 11 or 12, when, I, when they was making all those changes then, and then um, a bunch of injuries were happening to guys trying to avoid him, guys. Um, personally, um, 
I think they still look at each situation. Like you, you have some situations where things look intentional. Then you also have other situations where someone's just reacting and playing the game. I think each situation should be looked at separately. And then on top of that, on, on top of that, this, I don't know, um, you have some situations where, you know, you're trying to make a play trying to get there or whatever. So maybe the team should figure this part out. Like, okay, we know you didn't mean to do that. Maybe the team could probably help a guy out depending on if he keeps getting fined and don't have the money to pay the fine. But on top of that, it's just it's just a bunch of rule changes, and they try to protect the offense, try to protect the offense, and let the offense score points. And offense, offense, offense. And so <laughs> my defensive guys out there keep doing y'all thing, man, and keep keep playing full speed, keep reacting to how you react, and don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Huge. Three-time Pro Bowler Javon Curse. Huge shout-out to Johnsonville. Again, the official sausage of the SEC. Javon Curse, I got to say, man, I got to get out with you on the boards. You're not getting second next year. Come on. If you had me out there, we're getting no. first. <laughs> no. I, I should have got first this past year, but this, but this next time, I'm ready. I'm ready to run it back already. Run it back part two. Hey, appreciate your time, Javon. Really do appreciate it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.